This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. Well, welcome back to episode number four of the Law Podcasting Podcast. As the announcer said, I'm your host, Gordon Firemark, and this is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers can use the power of podcasting to support and develop their businesses, even if they're not podcasting specifically about the law. My guest today is my friend Jay Fleischman. Jay is a partner in the firm of Shave and Fleischman with offices in Los Angeles and New York. The firm focuses on student loan and bankruptcy law matters. And they help clients get their debts under control, stop debt collector harassment, fix errors in credit reports, and generally to get that back their financial lives. Jay is admitted in both New York and California and has been self-employed since 1995 before going into this partnership uh, about four years ago. His practice website is at consumerhelpcentral.com, and he also runs legalpracticepro.com, where he blogs and podcasts and provides marketing consulting services to lawyers and law firms. And he offers uh, very popular online courses and workshops training bankruptcy lawyers to develop systems to improve their practices, marketing, and operations and things. He's also a professional speaker. He's given presentations at bar associations and CLE programs all around the country. Uh, But we're here today to talk about podcasting, and Jay's current podcast is Money Go Roundtable, which he produces with a co-host, and he'll tell us more about that. And in the past, he's also produced Consumer Help Radio, so this is not his first uh, uh, step up to bat in in the podcasting space. Jay Fleischman, thank you for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me, Gordon. So tell us a little bit about the podcasting. When did you first get started and, and your first foray into the area, and how did that come about, and how'd you get where we are now? I started podcasting at the beginning of 2005, actually, oh. with a yeah, with a show called uh, the Debt Podcast, which is debtpodcast.com, and that URL I believe is uh, is resolving to money go roundtable. Oh, okay. I, I I could be wrong, but it's resolving to someplace else. And uh, I started in 2005 because there was a change that was pending in the U.S. Bankruptcy Code. And there was a lot of information coming out on a daily basis. I had been blogging um, a little bit as that term was roughly defined at the time. But <laughs> I, I, find that, I find that I talk faster than I write. And there was too much coming out. So I resolved to podcast every single business day wow. up until October 17th, which was the day that the bankruptcy code uh, changed, uh, 10, 17, oh, Wow. Every single day, <laughs> every single day. And I was doing, uh, I was doing, it was a 20 to 25 minute show, sometimes a little longer than yeah. that, but about 20, 25 minutes at the time. And I got super into it. Yeah, I, 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 I was pulling, uh, I was pulling audio clips down and I was mixing audio clips together. It was, it was a blast. I had a great time. So, though, great, yeah. So, so after the bankruptcy code change went into effect, what came next? Did you continue that show, or did was that just sort of the the discrete end point for that particular one? I did continue that show for a little while as practitioners started to adopt to the new to to the new framework, um, and I was using the show at that point just as much 
as a way to educate myself because we were all newbies at that sure. point. It didn't matter how, yeah. So I, I was using it to teach myself as well as to teach others. And um, it really worked out quite well. And and eventually it it just, the, the need, there was no longer a need for it and I moved on to other projects. Got but um, while it existed, it was it was a blast and, and tremendously helpful for me. Okay, so then what came next? Was Consumer Help Radio the next uh, iteration for you? I did Consumer Help Radio for a little while. Um, and then ultimately I got together with my colleague and good friend, Gene Melchione. He's in Waterbury, Connecticut. He's also a consumer bankruptcy attorney. Gene and I have known one another for years and years. And um, we decided that we'd get together for Money Go Round Table. And rather than just one of us talking, there would be two and sometimes even more of us. That sometimes makes it a lot easier to have a little banter going back and forth than to have to sort of... Uh, hold the listener's attention yourself, you know, and be linear <laughs> about things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I get tired of my own voice sometimes. <laughs> so what was it that led you to think podcasting was a good idea back then in 2005? I mean, this was something nobody would heard of. Uh, yeah, well, I I was listening to I, I was listening to Adam Curry in the okay. Daily Source Code way yeah. back then. And um, it, it, you know, look, I'm a tech geek, mm. so... There was an excuse for me to get new stuff. I got a, I, I got a mixer. I got, I got a, I, I got a microphone and a cool set of headphones. And there was this thing called Audacity that yeah. I could play with forever. And um, that was a lot of, that was a lot of fun. So the technical aspect of it really appealed to me. Um, but the fact of the matter is that. Audio radio is really the most intimate of media. Absolutely, um, there's there's nothing between you and the listener except eardrums. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I not to not to get really corny, but to me, it's like whispering in somebody's ear. And yeah. and I I thought that was a really great way to connect to people mm-hmm. who might have some questions, need some help, look for some information, um, and. It was just a really easy way to accomplish those goals of, of making that connection. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that was why I went audio. Yeah, audio is a tremendously powerful. I mean, you know, when you think about it, it is really as, as children in the womb, it is our first real um, experience of what's out there. You know, we hear sure. mom's heartbeat and we hear voices muted, you know, through, through the, through the, the bodies and so on. But you know, that's that for those of us that are blessed with good, you know, normal hearing, uh, it is our first experience of the world. And so we're accustomed to associate the things that we hear and, and to process them and, and, um, take them on board in a way that may be a little different from things we process, we learn in other ways, we gather in other ways. So um, so you said you're a techie geek and you mm-hmm. a bit of a do-it-yourself. You you got the gear and you set yourself up yourself. Did you, did you have any help with that or was it something that you really taught yourself from the ground up? Well, there wasn't any help for me to have at the time. Right. Um, I... I, though I did toy with the idea of trying to contact Adam Curry, but I didn't think that he was going to respond to me. Mm-hmm. So I was left with no option but to do it myself. And it it, it turned out all for the better eventually. In fact, um, I, was, I was doing the Deck podcast for, I would say, about three or four months. Mm-hmm. And I was making... I was making a lot of really good progress. I was making tremendous connections, but I was hosting the blog, uh, the uh, the podcast 
on Blogspot. That was that was uh. where the blog itself was being hosted. And um, I was coming into work one Monday morning, and I got a phone call from a friend of mine who said, "What the hell is wrong with your with your podcast?" And <laughs> in, in fact, it was my friend Gene uh. um, calls me up and says, "Well, uh, what's going on with your podcast?" I said. Well, why did you really like Friday's episode and you want to talk to me about it? He said, no, it's gone. I said, what do you mean it's gone? He said, it's gone. The, the, oh. site's, the, the site got shut down by Blogger. Oh, boy. And um, apparently I was, I was doing so much traffic and running so much bandwidth that they thought that I was doing something illegal, so they uh, shut me down. So you were hosting the data files there as well as the... The blog yeah. that okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, the technology has really changed over the last. I mean, that's nine years ago now, almost ten sure. years ago, and and yeah. uh, the technology really changed. Would you say it's it's easier nowadays to get started? The the barriers to entry are uh, are fewer and smaller. Well, I I think that the barriers to entry are fewer and smaller. I think that what's been really helpful is recently WordPress updated mm-hmm. their core to allow for automatic embedding of audio. With also a video, if, mm-hmm. if we're doing video, but I think that that makes it so much easier. I think that um, with the rise in smartphones, everybody's got yeah. an app that they can use. It, it the del- the content delivery system is far easier, um, and I, I think that it it's still my favorite way of communicating. So, talk a little bit about how podcasting has been a benefit to you in your practice. Oh God, I can trace, I can trace 95% of what I do directly to podcasting. Um, and, and in full disclosure to the audience, Gordon, you and I had lunch two weeks ago yep. and you invited me to be on the show and I did, I've never told you this. Hmm. I've never told you this. I can trace 95% of my work directly to podcasting and here's Here's what the line was. Um, I was doing the debt podcast and I was not really active in the National Association of Consumer Bankruptcy Attorneys. I was slightly active on the listserv. There's, there's a vibrant listserv, but I, I wasn't, I, I never spoke. I, I, I never took any leadership roles of any sort. Oh, okay. And um, we, um, I met up with a couple of people uh, at a NACPA conference, and we went out to dinner. We went out to pizza. It was in Chicago. It was in 2005 at a workshop that was specifically put together for the change in the law. And there were there were probably about 15 of us sitting there. And a woman to my left, who's still a dear friend of mine, Suzanne Robichek, she's in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, which is, and North Carolina is kind of the birthplace of NACPA. That's where so much of the, the formation uh, took place. And she said to me, so you're Jay Fleischman. I've been listening to your debt podcast for months. I think it's brilliant. I said, somebody's listening? I said, <laughs> you're the one, right? <laughs> I said, oh, my God, you're my one listener. That's phenomenal. She said, no, and I've been putting out links to, to our statewide listserv for people to listen to it so that they can learn more about how the law is changing. I said, well, that's phenomenal. And then from there, the people within NACBA who – had more, more forward-facing roles, mm-hmm. started to get to know me just simply by virtue of, of the show getting passed around. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I think I've spoken at, gosh, I've probably spoken to two dozen NACBA events. Mm-hmm. Um, I've established 
my expertise not only in the bankruptcy field but also in my my side hustle business uh which is legal marketing um i've i've ultimately i came to the attention of Joshua Cohen who's the the nation's premier student loan law attorney uh came to me to ask me for some help putting his workshop together i got involved in student loan law and so when i moved to california now two and a half uh about two and a half years ago, I all I had a base of expertise in student loan work that has enabled me to establish my West Coast practice a lot more quickly and a lot more completely than would have otherwise been the case. So there, there is that line directly back to that's my great. podcasting in 2005. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, that's the upside. Tell us a little bit about some of the hurdles that you've had to overcome in in. Uh, doing podcasting, getting started, getting up and running and staying up and running. Oh God. Uh, a 20 minute show was taking me two and a half hours to put together in 2005. Mm. Uh, just, uh, just the, the, a quarter of the work just, day, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I, I, it was incredibly time consuming. The startup in terms of, being able to figure what gear I needed or wanted, what software I needed or wanted, Mm -hmm. what was optional and what was mandatory. Again, there were no training courses. So I, I, I probably used two dozen programs and a whole mess of gear that I've, I used for a very short period of time before realizing what I really needed, um, so on, on a technical level, those were major drawbacks. And I thought that, you know, it's funny, I, at, at the time, everybody thought that I was doing a great job. At least that's what people were telling me. But I go, I go back and I listen to that yeah. stuff and, oh, I want to peel the skin off of my face. It was terrible. But so, so gaining a level of comfort behind a microphone was... A, to call it an uphill battle, I think, is an understatement. So those are the sorts of mm-hmm. challenges that I had. Um, and then, of course, there's scheduling and all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just finding the time, yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, first of all, thank you for throwing me a little bit of a softball on that. It, it's it's not that hard anymore. <laughs> there are lots of <laughs> trainings out there, not to mention the one that I am promoting, of course, the lawpodcasting.com uh, program called Power Podcasting for Lawyers. I'm not going to harp on it too much, but uh, uh, you know that's what we do, is sort of trying to show uh, everybody a way to choose some relatively simple gear and a simple workflow that makes it possible so that you don't have to spend hours and hours and hours preparing your episodes. You can get them out fairly regularly without a big, big investment of time or money. And uh, uh, so that's it's changed in the last 10 years or so. And uh, yeah. Sure, and and the tech the technology has changed. Oh, doing sure. doing doing an outline mm-hmm. was a monumental effort, and there are apps out there that allow me to do it on my on my iPad or on an Android tablet if I used one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, just just getting, I I will never forget. I had an M Audio USB preamp that I, what I started with too. Yeah. So there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, getting it, getting my computer to recognize it took me. <laughs> right. So, so those, those things are easier. Yeah. And, uh, but, but 
what's interesting, and I'm I'm not intentionally throwing you softballs here, uh, but what's interesting is that people still think that it is difficult to do this sort of a thing. People think that podcasting podcasting has this Wizard of Oz aura about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's incredibly complex. It's very difficult. Um, and people think of it the same way that they think of doing high quality video. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't, I don't know where you stand on it, but I, I can't do video. It, it, <laughs> it, there's too, there's too much involved and I fall down a rabbit hole, but podcasting, I can flip on my mic and yeah. record into audacity and I'm done. Yeah. I, I, uh, I do both. And I'll yeah. tell you that my investment in video has been probably 20 or 30 times in dollars, the amount <laughs> that I spend on, uh, I've spent on podcasting and I'm, I tend to be a bit of a, you know, techno geek myself. I buy the good stuff for the sound too. Sure. Uh, sure. But, um, and that editing video is time consuming. I mean, you know, even if you outsource that stuff, it, it gets very expensive very fast. And, you know, I think one of the great advantages of podcasting is you can get the stuff out there. You get content out there relatively easily and quickly and regularly. Whereas with video, it's really something you have to think about and plan for and have a shoot and, you know, hopefully you batch it so you've got several shoots in one day. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a whole different process. They're both very effective, I think. But uh, yeah. Anyway. yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I think the big objection most people have is the time, frankly, to doing mm-hmm. these things. And so talk about that if you can a little bit. How much of your time now? I mean, obviously you said it was two and a half hours uh, per episode back in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the dark ages. What is it taking you now to get an episode done, you think? I would say that an hour-long episode is going to take me to bring it into audacity. I'll, I'll peg it at another hour. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a lot less than that. Yeah. Um, and again, I think that it's, it's, it's a comfort factor. Mm-hmm. I had, I had uh, an intro and an outro done on Fiverr when we started, yeah. uh, which... I, I kind of did as a lark because Gene thought that there was no way I was going to get anything of any value out of this platform. <laughs> right. Like five bucks. What are you kidding me? But um, so we got we got that done. I plugged that into Audacity. I mm-hmm. drop my audio into the center. I auto duck. I mix it in and, and, yep. and I'm done. That's it. Yeah. But but I've also realized that. At the beginning, and, and, and I'm pausing because it's, it's difficult for me to put it into words. Mm-hmm. At the beginning when I was podcasting, I didn't like my own natural cadence. Ah, okay. And, and so I would get rid of, I would have just gotten rid of that entire pause. I would have gotten rid of the, <laughs> the double and. I would have gotten rid of every um. I mm-hmm. would have gotten rid of everything to give myself what internally I call an NPR sound. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and taking the authenticity out of it. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And the minute that I've started, right now you and I are doing this by Skype, yeah. and your avatar, your photo, is sitting in front of me on my, on my computer screen. So I'm actually staring at you. I'm having a conversation with you yeah. and all the good and the bad that goes along with that. <laughs> and I think that that's the sort of thing, that's, that's the thing that people like to listen to. Sure. So, yeah. So okay. that's why it takes me less time. Okay. So talk a little more about that, um, that workflow that you, I mean, what is, so you, you, you mentioned the process to some extent. Mm. What about the mm-hmm. prep for the course, for the, for the 
episodes? The prep for the episodes, we open up a Google Sheet, which is essentially an Excel spreadsheet uh, hosted on Google Docs or Google Drive or whatever they call it this week. (laughs) And um, I will just... As I go through my work week, Mm -hmm. if there's an interesting news story or if there's a particularly interesting question that somebody asked me, I'll just drop it in there and I'll have a brief back and forth with Gene before we go live, probably 10, 15 minutes before, though we spend a fair amount of that time just BSing back and forth. But, But a couple of minutes back and forth where we'll go through everything and see what's most interesting to us and establish a an order, mm-hmm. and uh, then we're off and running. We we hit record, and and that's it. And we do it by Skype every week, also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, that the show is called Money Go Roundtable, and mm-hmm. and what is the format and structure of the show? What, what do you guys? The the format and structure of the show has actually changed a bit. Originally, it was just he and I bouncing back and forth with with uh, with news items. But now what we've really started to do is adopt a more free flow, mm-hmm. um, whereby the listener is almost coming in in the middle of a conversation, uh, not so far into the conversation that they wouldn't be able to follow it, but um, is almost eavesdropping on the two of us catching up on what's been going on in the world and what's been going on with our practices. And that's... that. That sounds a lot more off the cuff than it is because we're still following the same guidance mm-hmm. uh, on the same Google Sheet. But um, it makes for it, it allows us to have a conversation as opposed to feeling like we're doing weekend update, except not quite as funny. <laughs> uh, I listened to the most recent, you're on episode like 53, I think it is, of the. Something like that, yeah. And uh, yeah. I was listening earlier today. and really enjoyed it. And I, I, that's exactly what I did enjoy. It was very engaging just to sort of be a little bit of a fly on the wall while you guys were talking shop essentially. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think that's a really nice format for a show that is about the law, uh, because you don't end up being pedantic and talking down to your audience, but you're also, you know, you're conscious that they're there. So you're elaborating on things when you need it. it, it, it I thought it was a very effective, uh, uh technique and, and approach to things. So thank you. Um, so you, you're still doing it. So I presume that uh-huh. you've found that this supports your practice and it's worth it to you. Tell, talk a little more about that. It does. And it supports my practice in a couple of ways. Uh, the first, the, my, my original idea was that this was going to be a direct to consumer listening event. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized very quickly that in a world where somebody can listen to Adam Carolla and Mark Marin and and the gist every day, as opposed to two lawyers talking about consumer bankruptcy and 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 law, they're they're going to go the other way on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm good. I'm not nearly that good, and I don't pretend to be. So what what this has really been useful for is first of all, it forces me to continue to read the news. It forces me to stay on top of developments in consumer financial issues on a day-by-day basis. It, it's, it's a reason to do it mm-hmm. as opposed to, gee, I really should. So that's first. So it, it, it keeps me on top of things. Second, it allows me – I learn really well by teaching. Mm-hmm. 
I learn far better by teaching than by just learning it on my own. So by teaching and explaining things, I get to solidify core concepts and read and, and refresh them as need be. Um, so that's, that's tremendously useful. In addition, I, I know that my audience is primarily other attorneys. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones who are most likely to be interested. Well, it's, it's other attorneys and it's people in the world of personal finance, a lot of insurance people, a lot of personal finance bloggers, people along those lines. And those people come to regard me as more of an authority figure. Um, and also again, because audio is such an intimate medium, it allows them to feel as if they know me just a little bit better than they would than if they were just reading a blog post. Um, so those, those are the primary reasons. And then of course the secondary reason, I really like this. It's a lot of fun to sit down every week, 9am my time, 12 PM jeans time. I grab a cup of coffee. We sit for an hour. We talk about the stuff that we do to, to make our living. Um, we really like this. And I think that it comes through. You mentioned that you enjoy the the tinkering with it and bring it in into audacity and doing the ducking and the and the dropping in the intros and outros and things like that. Have you ever mm-hmm. looked at outsourcing that and getting it off your plate so that you reduce the time load or or is that you want to hold on to that? No, I I've I have looked into it. Um we will probably end up outsourcing some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the near future, there are only so many hours in a day and, right. and I've got a young family. I like to hang out with them. They're fun. Um, so, you know, I, I like to, I like to spend some time with them as well. Um, uh, so we will undoubtedly yeah. be outsourcing some of that. Okay. What is your favorite moment from your podcasting experience? <laughs> well, the way you laughed, I know there's something good coming. <laughs> yeah, well, Gene does a lot. Gene, Gene, um, and I share the the mixing duties. Okay. So, um, and he's got kind of a twisted sense of humor, the same way that I do. So, uh, some of the some of the best moments have been it on the show itself. Some of the best moments have been when he's pulled something that I've said out of context, brought it to the front of the show as a as a blooper. I, uh-huh. I just enjoy it. I just really enjoy that. Um, but outside of the actual listening of the show, some of the best moments are just when I, I was in Fresno this weekend, uh, not this weekend, a couple of days ago. Um, and I was talking at a, at a bankruptcy conference and some guy comes up to me and he says, Hey, you're Jay Fleischman. I said, yeah. He said, I'm one of your listeners. I'm like you're what? I'm one of your listeners. <laughs> what do you listen to? Because I had just gotten off the stage. I thought oh. he'd listen to me. He said, no, I listen to Money Go Roundtable. It's great. I said, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to be recognized and, and uh, acknowledged for those kinds of things, isn't it? And, it is. Yeah. It is. Um, and I've had, I've had moments like that a number of times. I, I actually I had a moment like that on the New York City subway system at the beginning of September. I was in Manhattan to visit and I was going down to my hotel after getting off the flight and at six 30 in the morning and I'm grubby and tired and cranky and some guy getting off the train with me at Rector street downtown mm-hmm. as I'm getting off says, Hey, are you Jay Fleischman? Which was 
really wild. Yeah. He, yeah. So he was also a bankruptcy lawyer. But but those moments I find are um, some of the most gratifying ones. Terrific. Terrific. Any worst nightmare moments? <laughs> Recording the two-hour mega show and forgetting to hit the record button? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had the variation on that too, where my device was set wrong, and so it was only recording the mic, in the, the room mic, you know, the, on the device. And, oh yeah, and not getting the other side of the conversation. That's always fun. Yeah, <laughs> so we, I, I, yeah, I, but we've all had that happen. Oh, sure. Yeah, and you know, it goes with the territory. And it's going to happen, you know, and you learn to develop again workflows and checklists and. And uh, just like we do in our law practices, right? You develop a system so you don't make the same mistake again. And, and uh, you find ways to, to streamline and, and uh, it becomes, if not a routine, at least a, a process that you can replicate from episode to episode. So, yep. Well, would you say that podcasting is worthwhile? Would you recommend it as a tool for lawyer marketing? You could- I, would, I would recommend it as a tool and... I am on the verge of recommending it as a tool before even blogging. I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm very, very close to it. Mm-hmm. It is different from blogging in some ways, but, but it's, it's an audio blog in a lot of ways. And so, um, you know, for, for the folks that prefer to sit down and speak extemporaneously or work from an outline and maybe don't feel like they want to write, sit down and write three or 500 words every other day, Mm-hmm. Doing a weekly show or something is is a pretty good substitute. Sure. <laughs> and well, if you do both, it's fantastic. Well, exactly. But but I'm a big fan of repurposing, Gordon. Mm-hmm. But look look at it this way. Let's say you start with a podcast and you record it. Mm-hmm. And then you outsource to somebody who will uh who will take the dictation Transcribe and it. turn it in to text. So you've got your second, you've got your blog post mm-hmm. right there. And in, we've been on the phone, what, a half hour, yeah. give or take. Mm-hmm. How many words have come out of our mouths? <laughs> that's, that's one hell of a blog post. Yeah. So you take the blog post, you take a couple of blog posts and you turn it into an ebook. Mm-hmm. You can send, you can send the blog posts or the podcast to potential clients, existing clients, referral sources. You can use audio you can go from audio to text very easily. And that's why I'm on the verge of recommending audio before text. You can turn audio to text very easily, very inexpensively. I can get, I can get a half hour of audio turned into text for about 25 bucks. And a good and, assistant and, who's doing that can, can also do a little editorial and, and take it from a, a spoken word dialogue banter into a more narrative style for a blog post as well. It doesn't have to be just a transcript. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you take the audio, you turn it into text. So you've got double duty. You turn the text into an ebook or a downloadable report or something else that you can give to somebody and you're doing triple quadruple duty and you're never setting your fingers to the keyboard at the outset. So that's why I love it. Well, what advice would you offer to a lawyer who's just getting started in podcasting, marketing their practice and so on? The first thing that I would tell you is to stop being afraid of your own voice. There, there are too many, there are some lawyers who podcast, there are some other professionals that podcast, and when I listen to them, even if 
the information is solid, even if it's above solid, Mm -hmm. I still have a difficult time listening to them because they are so clearly afraid of their own voices. But when you talk to them face-to-face, they're fabulous, dynamic Mm -hmm. individuals. You put a mic in front of somebody and they, they freak out. So I think that the first thing that you need to do is get over the fear of your own voice. Record 10 podcasts and then trash them. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Anything else you'd like to talk about, tell us, tell our listeners before we wrap things up? Gosh, no, but thank you so much for having me on this. I had a, I had a ton of fun. Well, Jay, uh, you, any, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 I love talking about I was going to say, you've been a terrific interview and uh, I've learned a lot about you and about what you do and your, and your, your shows and so on. And I'm sure the listeners have gotten a lot out of this. And I'm very grateful. Thank you for joining me. Tell hey, the listeners I, how they can reach you and, and uh, get in touch. They can get in touch with me at legalpracticepro.com, which is my marketing blog. And there's some audio there as well. There's, I've been doing a lot more podcasting on Legal Practice Pro as well. Uh, for my practice, which again circles uh, primarily around student loan law and consumer bankruptcy issues, that's at consumerhelpcentral.com or just throw my name into Google and I think you'll probably stumble upon me. <laughs> <laughs> Describe your ideal client or referral. My ideal client or referral. Well, it, it's I joke around with people that because I do student loan law, pretty much anybody with a heartbeat is a pretty good <laughs> client for me. Uh, it's gallows humor, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. But um, I think that as far as attorneys, my best referral sources are consumer bankruptcy lawyers, family lawyers, uh, really anybody with a with with a consumer facing practice. Family lawyers and and bankruptcy lawyers tend to be the best. Tax lawyers coming in a very close second. As far as referral sources, um, accountants, CPAs, enrolled agents, uh, enrolled agents are accountants who work with people who have tax problems. Um, And anybody in a mortgage field, anybody who's dealing with somebody who needs to worry about their credit score and, 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 how their uh, how their money is being apportioned on a monthly basis. Those are great people for me to talk to. Okay, great. And the podcast is at uh, moneygoroundtable.com. It's available on iTunes and I presume the other podcast directories and podcatchers and things like that? Absolutely. Anywhere that fine podcasts are found, you'll find us. Okay. Well, we'll say thank you now to our listeners. Please take a moment and send us your comments and suggestions on the website at lawpodcaster.com. And of course, a review in the iTunes store would be very, very welcome. And with that, I'm going to just say um, thanks again. That wraps it up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. If you're interested in podcasting for your practice, visit lawpodcasting.com and I'll send you a free law podcasting resource guide. I'll be launching that Power Podcasting for Lawyers course very soon and you'll be added to our VIP notification list. And with that, I'll say, keep on podcasting. <laughs>